afternoon. Everyone, isn't that just uh, powerful to hear the impact of what God is doing in people's lives in our own community here at Eastside City Church? Um, we are celebrating again today, becoming family together, that this is part of what God has put in my heart is actually our, our church theme is to become church together. But for 2018, we really are focusing on family, that God has called us to grow deeper as people in family. And just to hear the testimony of people that have been here for many, many years and those that have only been here for maybe even less than a year, that, that how God is building his community through our house. And, and I believe that we are building something great here. And it's not just any type of community. It's a community that is centered around God through family. We are building church together or we'll, we are becoming, no, I want to say it, we're becoming church together or we're building church together here today. Now, when we, we build things, we want to build things that last, don't we? We want to build around eternal things. And when I hear about people's lives being changed and transformed and Jesus uh, 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 becoming the center of their lives, I know that God is up to things and those are eternal things. But who here knows there's a lot of things that we can build with that are not eternal, that, that they're maybe not built to last. Now, I, I want to kind of open with this story about my own house. I've been a homeowner for about Oh, 21 years. I can't believe that I've had a house for 21 years. But one of the things that, that, that I realized in owning a house is not everything that is a part of my home is built to last. In fact, one of the first things that we built on our property, we needed to, was we had to build a deck because our back door is four feet off of the ground. No deck. You walk out, boom, you hit the ground. And so within the first year, we decided to build a deck, and so I was able to help with one of my neighbors. We ended up putting a, a 10 by 12 deck on the back of our house with stairs and railing. Now, now, in the early years of living there, we thought it was cool like to hang out on the deck. We would drink our iced tea or our lemonade and, at night and talk about things. Well, we did that for a while until, you know, the mosquitoes came out and mauled you and attacked you. That's one of the, the truths of living in, in Calgary, that the weather gets nice and all of a sudden the bugs decided to come out as well. And we, we weren't at a place where we had enclosed it with the screen. And, and, and in fact, there were times that we even had dinner out on our deck. Well, as we began to have children and life got busy, we spent less and less time on that deck. And so it, it went through many years of probably neglect where it didn't have the upkeep that it needed. And I remember about a year ago, maybe it was a year and a half ago, my wife said to me, she's like, honey, I don't know. I think the stairs on our deck are they're they're they're, they're feeling like they're kind of loose. Like maybe you should look at that. And so I did what you know most good husbands do when they find that something maybe is broken down in their house. Uh, I, I ignored it. I ignored her her advice. Yeah, that's that's what I did. I I I, I ignored it. I'm being honest here. It's being truthful. My honeydew list is quite long and and extensive and I get to certain things here and there, but 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 I ignored that one for a while and can can I say that 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 I realize now that that was probably a big big mistake because uh, in the summertime, uh, I don't know why, but I, I, I was in my backyard and I needed to grab something off of the deck. And I remember I was walking 
up the stairs, and I got almost to the top step, and then I, the next thing I realized, I'm on the ground. And I don't know how I got there. Well, actually, I wasn't completely on the ground. I was actually, I'd landed on the stairs that had collapsed, and I was laying on my side. And at that moment in time, I realized that maybe I should have listened to my wife and had those stairs fixed. You see, that building, that deck, was not built to last. You see, things break down without proper care, don't they? Or without the right focus in our lives, relationships can break down. Or if we don't have the resources that we need, things can break down. And now there's a story that I want to relate to what we're going to be talking about today in Genesis about a man who built something that he hoped would last, but wasn't necessarily maybe built on the right things. And so he had gathered some people together to build a city that had such great potential that it forced a response from God. And I would like, if you would, to turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 11 with me. It's right at the front of your Bible if you're, you're new to this, and, and it's in chapter 11. And we're going to read about what happened in this place in Scripture. And it said, at one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. And as they migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and, more, and tar was used for mortar. And they said, come let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches to, into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down and looked at the city and the tower the people were building, and he said, look, the people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing that they do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages, then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That was why the city was called Babel, because it was where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. I want to break this down for you here today. Now, as I'm sharing this, you might be like, Pastor, we're just talking about limitless. It's exciting. We've got family. We're talking about building community. Now, that doesn't sound like a real happy story. And I'm going to explain some things to you as I, as I get into this so that you'll understand what I believe God wants to share with us today when I unwrap this, what he wants to speak to your heart. Now, we have to understand this, that under the guidance of a worldly leader, the people of the earth in ancient times decided to settle in the plain of Babylonia and build a city with a tower that would reach to heaven. Now this was possible, as we see in the scripture, this was possible because everyone on the earth spoke the same language. Uh, wouldn't that be 
easy for us to communicate all over the world if we all still spoke the same language. I, I know that for myself, I have, a tr- I have trouble just speaking one language, English. I, I don't always get it right. I admire those of you that have come from other nations and some of you are like, yeah, I speak three languages fluently or five languages. I'm like, I wish I could do that. I think that is an awesome thing, that, uh, gifting that God has given you. But this was possible because they spoke the same language. Now, the leader who organized this, the name of the leader, you're going to love this. You maybe have heard this word at different uh, places. His name was Nimrod. Nimrod. Now, here's what we know about Nimrod. I even like saying it. That Nimrod was a renowned hunter. In fact, the Bible says he was the greatest hunter in the world at that time. Well, why would the Bible say that? Because it talks about the amount of popularity that he had. People knew about Nimrod. They knew who he was. And, and, And so he had influence. And he had a plan. You see, he had this great plan. Now, when I was growing up, if you wanted to insult someone that, you, that you, you, you thought was not doing things very smartly or you thought they were kind of being idiotic, you would call them a nimrod. Now, now as I'm sharing this, you might be like, well, wait, wait a second, Pastor. That, that just seems a little bit odd here. You're talking about this man. It sounds like he was popular. It sounds like he had great influence. He was some sort of a, a, of a really good leader. And now you're saying that, that people are making fun of him, that they're, they're calling him uh, uh, bad things, or they're using him in a negative light. And, and, and so I want to explain to you why that was, but what we need to understand about who Nimrod really was. You see, he was a descendant of Cush, who was a son of Ham, who was the son of Noah. Now, why is that important? Well, Ham was one of Noah's three sons. And when they had, the ark had settled on the earth, Noah had an incident where he kind of got carried away. He got a, got a little happy drinking a, a, quite a bit of wine. And so he got drunk, and he got so drunk that he was, uh, he, he was kind of wandering around in his tent buck naked. Now, Ham... One of his sons was like, oh my goodness, he went to his other brothers like, did you, you see what our father is doing? And he began to laugh at him and mock him. And the two other brothers are like, wait a second, we, we shouldn't do that. We, that. That's our father. We shouldn't treat him that way. And so they grabbed a blanket and walked him backwards into the tent. I got to be careful so I don't go off the stage here. And covered him up. Well, because of that, there was a curse that was a pr- pronounced on Ham and his future generations. Well, Nimrod was associated with that. And we see that the, the, the issue here was that the, the problem that happened through the line of Ham was that he had a problem with authority, that he didn't relate to authority properly. And it was passed down to the next generation, even the third generation. You see, the name Nimrod really means this, we will rebel. That's what his, his name means, You see, why is this important to understand? Because in Genesis, what did God, when he created man and he had given us our our marching orders, this is what he said, you're to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. That was the command that God had given to Adam and Eve and to all of the descendants that were to follow after them. They were called to fill the earth. 
But here's what happened with Nimrod. He decided it would be best for the people to settle in Babylonia and that they would build this great city for themselves, that they would make a great name for themselves, that they'd be recognized for for their own wisdom, their own ability, their own power, and their own authority, that there would be glory unto man. In fact, the tower represents, the reason why the tower is so important is because the tower actually is a representation of their attitude of, we will become like God. We want to build a society where we don't need God. We just need our own wisdom and our own understanding and our own ability to do things. They wanted to rival God. Now this got God's attention. Because who here knows that's foolish. You know, that's where now Nimrod is, don't be a Nimrod. He's, don't try to Go against God. See, this got God's attention. Why? Because if all the, if he said, if all the people are united under the same purpose, I, I love what it says in verse 4 there of chapter 11. It says this, then nothing they set out to do will be impossible. This is what I want to focus on here today. There's great power in unity. There is great power in being unified around the right thing. See, Nimrod made the mistake. He was trying to gather people to be unified for purposes that were contrary to what God had established. But even God was like, look, if, they, if I continue to let them get together, nothing that they have in their hearts, nothing that they plan will be impossible for them to do. And so he confused the language. And the Bible says, and they scattered to all ends of the earth. Why? Because that's what God's plan was, was for people to reach all of the earth. Well, I don't think God's plan has changed, do you? God's desire for us is that we would be united together, that we would understand that as we unite together around his purposes, and this is what I want you to have sit in your heart today, that if we unite together around his purposes, nothing that we do is impossible with God. And this is what Limitless is all about, that we're we're uniting together to see God's purposes fulfilled through our lives and through our church, through our community, that we want to see God reach more people. We want to see more lives change and transform for the glory of Jesus Christ. So what are our purposes here as a church? Why do we come together? What is it that God has given as our mission? And I want to give you four things here in this part because I want to remind you, this is what we're called to unify around. First of all, to see people find Jesus and experience God. I don't think there's a greater activity that we can be born with. We want to have people understand the truth of God's word, to be actively involved, and we're called to be actively involved in connecting with those who do not know Jesus. That is our primary focus is to see all people come to know who Jesus is. God's desire is that none would perish, but all would know him, all would be saved by him. That's what God's desire. Well, the way he's going to do that is through you and I being his representatives, And I'm here to tell you today, if you've come to our church gathering today, if God brought you here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, 
I'm telling you, it is the greatest decision that you can ever make in your life. But to make Jesus the center of your life, it will change your world. I'm not saying that your life will get easier, but it will be better because of what God will do in you and through you and how he will change you and transform you. And so I hope today that before you leave here, you make a decision to say, you know what, Jesus, I want you to be the center and the focus of my life. But the second thing we're, our mission is that we're called to unify on is to help people grasp their value. And I say this, one of the things that's deeply in my heart as I see the community of people that are in front of me is every single human being has value. Not just some people, not just wealthy people, not just people that grew up with the right upbringing, not just people that that come from certain countries, but all people have value. And I believe that one of our callings here is to teach people to have an understanding about who they are in Christ. One of the great things about beginning a relationship with Jesus is that when you enter into that relationship with him, your identity now begins to be established about who you are in Christ, that you have, certain, you have a certain level of authority, that you're a son or daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The, I say this, God doesn't make junk. God doesn't have inferior plans for you and better plans for somebody else. That you are now partnered together with Jesus Christ. What a powerful thing. That is a good thing to get excited about. The third thing is we want to see people grow and mature in Christ. Our goal isn't just to you know, grow up and, and, and kind of just stay where we're at. I, I know that I, I grew up singing some of the, the hymns. One of my favorite hymns is Come As You Are. And I believe that, that when, when, when Jesus is speaking to us, he doesn't care where you're at in your life. He's saying, come join me as you are. But here's the other side of it. Don't stay there. Because through God's grace and his mercy, he wants to call you to become more and more like him each and every day. That our, our, our job, or our, our, our goal is to grow more like him each and every day. God wants us to keep growing, not be stuck where we were a year ago or two years ago or ten years ago. That we grow and become more like him. And we have some things that we have available to help fulfill that. We have our Celebrate Recovery groups on Tuesday night. I think it's an amazing thing for any one of us. I think all of us could benefit from something like this where we learn to deal with our hurts, our habits, and our hang-ups. That, that, that there's always things, I, I know the more I, deeper I get in God, I realize that there's certain things that I still have to deal with in my life so that I can grow and become more like Jesus. We have small groups that we can learn to rub shoulders with people and walk together with people. And I say this, if you're not involved in a small group, you're missing out on allowing your life to be sharpened and changed by walking out life together with other godly people who are imperfect just like you. Isn't that comforting? And we're looking again, and we realize that one of the things that we want to begin to offer, we're working on it right now, is more 
classes and Bible study stuff that we're going to introduce in the fall so that you can continue to grow and mature in your faith. And here's the last thing that we believe that we can unify around, is, and it's not the last thing, but what I'm going to talk about here today, is to support people to fulfill their God-given purpose. Nothing makes me happier than seeing people do what God created them to do. I, 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 I like to partner with people as we see them growing and maturing and becoming more like Jesus, but also discovering what God's called you to do in your life, that everybody here has a unique plan that comes from our Heavenly Father. And God wants you to continue to grow and mature. Now, when we talk about unity, who understands this, that it takes commitment to grow in unity, that we have to commit to each other, that we have to rally together. But when we do, the Bible says, the power of the impossible is released. So we talk about our church and the rich history of Eastside City Church. You know, I, I, I think about this. Our, our desire is to build a home where everyone can feel welcomed. But it requires our time, it requires our heart, and it requires resources. This church has been reaching people for generations, and our, our heart is to continue to reach many more generations. Who here knows that, that our mission isn't done yet, that we, we still have generations that are moving forward that God wants to reach through us, his people. You know, when we talk about family, becoming family together, I, I'm still reminded of when I first came here. I, I, I loved Hearing the, the video, you know, I, I shared this in the first service that I think Charity beat me as far as a member of this church for like six months. She talked about 93. I came here in 1994, one month before I married my wife, Jan. Now, my plan was that we were going to be here for a couple of years while Jan finished college. Then we were going to go back down to the states where I grew up, where I was from. I was going to finish my teaching degree, become a, a coach of either basketball, baseball, football, whatever it was. I, I just love coaching uh, people. And we were going to start a family and live happily ever after. But you know what happened? You guys happened. And I blame all of you completely. First of all, I blame your kids because I started by getting involved in the youth ministry and we fell in love with the youth. I love listening to you guys share. It was really lit. I got to use that word here once in my, my message here today. And then I began to grow closer to you as adults and and, and, and God knitted our hearts here, and, and I, I grew up in this place where I started off by volunteering and serving and, and just helping out in, in different areas, and eventually I became a leader till one day, by the grace of God, all of a sudden, I, I, I realized, here I am, I'm married, now I'm your pastor. How did that happen? What? Man, I was only going to stay here for two years, and now it's kind of like my whole life now. But I, but no, I say that this is our home, this is our community, this is our family, and I wouldn't want to be any other place in the world. I mean that. This is Calgary. I go on vacation. I can't wait to come back to our special community. 
You see, this place, though, was built with excellence (laughs) through the sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears of many people. This building opened up in 1991 with some of the people that were here that were part of that building process. And it was built with the intention of reaching people and building family. I have people sometimes when we're talking, we walk through here and they're like, hey, hey, Pastor Todd, do you see that wall over there? And I'm like, yeah, and they're like, I helped build that wall. I, in fact, those bricks are, I remember putting those bricks together. You know those wires, that, the, the electrical wires that are in that room? I remember, and I was with so-and-so, and they tell me stories about the conversations they had and how uh, that, that God was using them. Others like, see that concrete there? I was part of laying that concrete here. Blood, sweat, tears. But also history, legacy. You know, I think about legacy. I, I, I think about things that I, I, I now observe as I'm, I'm closer to 50 than I am to 40. I, I, I've been here for a, a little while now. You can try to guess my age, but I won't tell you. Um, and, and, I, and I think of the things when you realize what, what God has done in building this generational church where we have people. I, I, I remember that, that here today even, I remember teaching in, in Sunday school. I, I taught Pastor Peter in Sunday school, and now he's a pastor here in this church. You see, there's legacy here. And I see some of you that were little kids when I arrived, and now you're having kids. And now they're in not only children's meetings, but some of your kids are in youth group. That's just really tripping me out. (laughs) But there's legacy. There's family. And so we want to continue to see our community go forward. And just like when you build a home, things have to be replaced here and there as we're continuing to build our house and we want it to be excellent, we, we, we need to continuously replace things and prepare things and, and move things for the next generation that's going to go beyond us. I, I, I shared this today too, that I'm actually in the process of negotiating. I don't know if you know this, we've got a cell phone tower on our property. We've had it for over 20 years. And so they came to me and they're like, we want to renegotiate some things with you. you, Here's what's crazy. We're actually negotiating a contract for the year 2046. I'm not going to be here in 2046. I hope to be on the earth, but I don't think I'm going to still be the lead pastor. Then I'll probably be somebody else here. I'm doing things that are going to impact your children and their, their children's generation. And I believe God wants to continue to reach them. Well, how does he do that? Well, I believe that we need to to continue to put our resources, our finances, in maintaining excellence and keeping our, first of all, uh, we invest in our now, but our eye is always on the future. And so I come to today, Peter said, well, we're, we're talking about raising funds. We're talking about generosity I say this, we don't talk about money lots here, but I'm not ashamed to talk about it today because I don't think there's anything greater that you can invest in than the kingdom of God. And so what are are our goals? What are we hoping to do? Well, this year, we're believing that we're gonna raise 
above and beyond our tithes and our regular offerings, $100,000. Uh, I know that seems like a big number. Uh, but here's what we're going to do with it. First of all, we have a rich heritage. You saw it on here. Um, we're going to uh, send, I believe, this summer more kids to day camp and youth camp than we ever have in our history, that this year is going to be our greatest year of doing that. Because I have a personal conviction that I've made now as everybody on my team's conviction that money will never be the reason that a kid doesn't go to camp. That there will never be a kid that comes and says, hey, I want to be a part of this. That, That we will find a way. We'll make a way. Even if I have to dig change out of my seat cushions in my car, we will find a way to do this. And so that's what we're believing, one of the things that we're going to invest in. Secondly, we're going to look at changing all of the lights in our building to LED lights. Why? Because they're more cost effective. The lighting's better. We're going to save money in the future so that we can invest in other things that are more exciting than lights. But you still have to do those things. Who here knows that? There are certain things that you do in your house that you're excited about, like, ooh, we're going to redo the living room. And then they're like, no, you got to do the roof first. Nobody gets excited about fixing the roof. But you still got to do it. Or your room won't look very good once it leaks on it. We're going to remodel our cafe in our lobby. We're going to bring it into the 21st century so that it'll be a place both for our youth, our young adults, our church, that everybody can use, so they can feel like it's able to build even deeper community. We're going to finally fix the lighting on this stage. Because I know if I walk in certain places, do you still see me? Wait, I know it's not that bad, but <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I go, <laughs> but it is kind of dark, isn't it, in places. If you were to come to the front, and I challenge you to do this, and look back here, it's a little bit scary, there's extension cords, and we, we've kind of made things work, um, there aren't any fire marshals here today, are there? Okay, so I'm safe for, for a few moments, we, we, we finally have to get this fixed, and so we're going to invest some money in getting this uh, wiring done properly, and our, our, our lighting done properly. And then we're going to continue to put money into our children's church and our youth this year. Uh, we started, we, we got a big chunk of money from 2017 that we haven't used yet. We're going to put some more into our kids' church area so we can completely redo that, make it a thematic place so that kids um, just love to be there and parents are excited to drop their kids off because we know if we reach kids, we will reach parents. It's just the way that things work. And for our youth, uh, if you missed our, our, our last night, we had our youth worship band uh, play some worship songs. We had a kid that as pre-youth, a 10-year-old kid, on the guitar, you'd just be like, they're coming up the pipeline. But here's one of the things that I realized. Some of our kids don't have instruments. Some of them don't have the ability to do things. And we're going to purchase some stuff so that we can continue to raise up musicians and leaders. And so they, the next generation can go forward. Is this exciting to you? See, I believe this. That this is us. This is our family. This is our home. This is our future that we are talking about here today. But I'm asking you, 
Because over the next month, we're going to believe God that, the, that he's going to bring in his resources. You know, I, I don't know what God's speaking to you about, but I'm asking that every single family, every single person participates in some way. I'm not here to say, well, you need to give a certain amount. If, if God puts $10 on your heart, I believe God will use that $10 to do something amazing and supernatural. If it's $100, that, that's a, a great sacrifice. We're going to believe that God's going to use that $100 to reach more young people. Maybe it's $1,000 that God's going to speak to you about. I don't know what it is, but whatever the amount, maybe it's 10 Maybe somebody's even going to get the wild idea and write a check for $100,000 here. I don't know. That's not up to me. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But all I'm saying is be a part of this. Because when we come together in unity, everything is possible. That's what limitless is all about. That's what limitless means. We're without limitation when it comes to God and his kingdom.